John, the book of John chapter number 9. And we are going to uh, start reading in verse number 6. And uh, we're going to read a few verses here. And if I can encourage you, keep your Bible open here to this place, uh, this chapter, as we're going to be referring to some other places uh, as we go through this message. While you're turning there, if you would stand with us tonight for the reading of God's Word. How many of you love the Word of God? Could you say amen? Oh, yes, the Word of God. It's alive and powerful. Oh, its promises are real. And uh, I'm thankful tonight for the Word. John chapter 9, and we are going to start reading at verse number 6. If you're there with me, why don't you say amen? The Bible says, When he had thus spoken, of course, speaking of Christ here, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, somebody say neighbors. Somebody say, got to love the neighbors. Yeah. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, nah, he's just like him. Just kind of looks like him. Said, he is like him. But he said, I am he. I am he. In other words, I am the one who has received this miracle. Tonight, if I can, for just, a, for just a few moments of your time, some of you know, said, preacher, don't start lying right off the bat. It's not moments. To me, it feels like a moment. But if you, if you listen real fast, I'll preach real fast tonight. Amen. But I just want to preach tonight this thought, and it's simply, I am He. I am He. Won't you look at somebody next to you and just point to yourself and tell them, say, I am He. And maybe tonight, by the time we come to this close, ladies, you can say, I am she, if you need to. Amen. We don't want no confusion in this house, I promise you right now. We don't, we don't endorse any of that. Amen. We know exactly how God made us. Amen. But... Uh, but I, and, I, and I pray that by the time the service is over, the Lord, would, the Lord would help us. Amen. Can we pray together one more time? Father, we thank you once again for your word. And I'm thankful for the truth of your word. And Lord, I pray that you would go before us tonight. Let your anointing rest upon our ears that we would hear. Our hearts that we would understand and apply. And Father, I pray, anoint my mind and lips to preach as would bring you glory. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, I pray that we can see you, that we can hear you. 
And Lord, we'll give you praise for what you're going to do tonight in this house, in these altars. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I am He. As we look at this particular chapter, John chapter number 9, it's very few and far between, and as a matter of fact, it's probably, if we were to go through and count them, it is less than what you could count on one hand, where there is a particular series of verses, nonetheless a particular chapter that is surrounding one particular instance, one particular man, one particular miracle. But yet here in John chapter chapter 9, this is what we find, that this chapter is dedicated exclusively to this blind man. This particular chapter is not only dedicated to him, but may I say uh, a a little bit in, in a clearer fashion, it is dedicated to what had happened to him. This blind beggar, and not only what happened to him, because by the time we get to the end of this chapter, even though there is a declaration made by him that I am he, I am the one that has received this miracle, I am the one who has had this experience, Brother Eddie, we do not, uh, it is never revealed what his name is. We don't know if he was Jim, if he was Joe, if he was Billy or Bob. We don't know what his name was, but all we know is that he stands and he gives the account and the declaration of the fact that I am the one who have who has received of the Lord. But it's not only this man and this miracle, but also the one who performed the miracle, which is Christ. We see that this chapter as to where everything revolves around this moment. And we find that there is much discussion and also much controversy that surrounds this miracle. Controversy that surrounds this man and controversy that surrounds the Christ who performed the miracle. I've come to find and I believe the word of God reminds us of the fact that Jesus, we know, he was no stranger to the controversial. He was no stranger to eyebrows being raised. He was no stranger to folks shaking their heads and not understanding him, not understanding what he was doing. They were convicted in one portion. They were ready to kill him in another. They, uh, they were those that they adamantly hated him, disagreed with him, said he was a blasphemer and that, and that he was a mockery of all things that were holy. And yet the controversy that surrounded him, Sister Jerry, was that many could not deny the fact there was something supernatural and something that was, that was special about this man Jesus. I've come to learn that now as you fast forward over 2,000 years later is that the things of God are not any less controversial. There are not any less discussions or arguments 
or uh, opinions or or uh, philosophies into the things of God, how he does them, when he does them, to whom he does them for. All of these things we find uh, in our culture today. We find these discussions. We find as to where folks, they love to strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. They love to divide religious hairs over certain things. Oh, this man Jesus, he often, as a matter of fact, he reminded us when he had said, I did not come to send peace. He said, but I have come with a sword. In other words, Sister Gay, he was going to be a polarizing person. There were those that were going to believe him, that were going to go grab a hold of his truth, live by his word, and it would become, Sister Diana, for many, a dividing line, a dividing point. For many, it would be a point of a, of a, of a, of a choosing a side, of saying to whom or whom they did not belong to. We find this separation. We find this challenge. It permeates all throughout the gospel. And we find that Jesus said not only did I come with a sword and they talked about that who he was and the truth and righteousness would cause division but he got down if we can say to where the rubber really meets the road and he said not only is it going to be with culture and not only is it going to be with the religious or not only is it going to be with those that have a worldly mentality or an antichrist spirit but he went down to to the, to the nitty gritty of things and said it's going to separate mothers and daughters and daughters-in-laws and sons and fathers. He said even those in your own household are going to be offended at who I am. At who I am. And as we look at this chapter tonight, we're going to see that there are some things that were argued. We're going to find that there are some things that were talked about. But I, tonight, I'm interested about this man. I'm interested about this man and always interested about the Christ that worked the miracle in this man's life. I want to, if I can, I want to share a couple of things that I believe God would want to speak to our hearts in regards about this particular passage tonight. I want you to understand that first of all, we see that there is a condition. The condition is this, that this man is blind. And not only is he blind, but like many who had disabilities, whether they were paraplegics, whether they had leprosy, whether they had withered hands or legs that couldn't be used or different uh, abnormalities or different deformities or different handicaps. For many of them they reduced down to just make their living by begging they had their territories they had their places they had their spots and we come to find the Bible says not only was he a blind man he was born blind and he was a beggar we find in this condition in verse number one and verse number two of this chapter if you look there with me it says and as Jesus passed by he saw a man which was blind from his birth and 
his disciples, I want you to catch this, his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? Was it? Was it this man? Was it his parents? What is the problem that has pronounced this problem in this man's life? What is it that causes him to have this affliction? Why is it that he has this condition? What is the problem? Who, we could better say that they were asking, who is the one to blame? If you began to research this, you come to understand that many of the culture and the day, that if there was any abnormality in somebody's body, if there was a mark, if there was a disease, if there was anything of that nature, there were many who felt that that was brought about as some punishment for something that was done wrong. Something that was, even if in this case that he was born blind, they said they were asking, was it his problem? Maybe it was mom and dad. Something that they did. And here's what the condition is. We find that even the religious culture of the day, the Pharisees were very much dogmatic about this in particular. As they would see those that were suffering and they quickly not only did they dismiss them because of their condition but they also brother Heath wrote them off as sinners that apparently there was some sin some condition something that was so great that they didn't have the same mercies that God had given somebody who was deemed normal somebody who had all their faculties somebody who was able to live a normal life and would do normal work and things of that nature. When I look at this, I begin in my mind and in my heart I begin to think tonight amen about conditions that we deal with and conditions and how they're viewed amen even in the mindset of the world and also in the church I want you to know tonight as the disciples had asked this question and they were they were novice they were speaking only what they knew they were speaking from a place of what they had been taught and told and Christ was going to reveal to them oh a completely different aspect a completely different situation than what they had learned to believe I was looking at this and I thought to myself there are many there are many sitting in our churches there are many of the opinion and the mindset like I said both in the world and both of the church age who have the idea that when it comes to our condition there are some that would say this is how it is they have a this is how it is mentality there are some that would say well this is how it is you're just cursed you're just helpless you're just hopeless there's no help for you there's nobody that can change you as a matter of fact, there are some that have been led to believe, Brother Aaron, they have been led to believe that in their condition, in their 
crisis. There is no rescue. Some would believe, Brother Rich, that, well, God can help so-and-so, but God surely can't help me. There are some that sit on our pews, and you have a this-is-how-it-is mentality. You've said, I've gone as far as I can go. I have reached the limits of my walk with God because, Brother Jake, you see, here's the story. You see, this is how it is. Can I say tonight is that no matter the arguments that there might be, and there are those who would say, preacher it's good and well for so and so to change and God to help so and so but this is how I was born like this I just got to live like this I was talking to a man the other day and he had said he was talking about battling alcoholism and he had said to he would said to those who were gathered around he said you see this is what you've got to know he said I'm an alcoholic because I was born into the home of an alcoholic. And see, my daddy was an alcoholic. And my granddaddy was an alcoholic. And so, Sister Haley, he had resigned himself. He said, as early as 13 years old, I resigned myself that that was the course for me. That's what I had to do. That's the judgment that was pronounced over my life but I want to remind someone tonight just like for this man who was born blind just like for this man they were looking for somebody to blame he was written off he was dismissed this is how it is oh but Jesus came passing by Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? There's always, with Christ, there is always a situation where it's going to change. In John 10 and 10, we can quote and say it where the Bible says the enemy, he comes he like a thief. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus was given that warning, Brother Jerry Clark, but he went on to say, but I amen but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly I want to tell somebody in this house tonight if it's not you personally maybe you got a prodigal in your house maybe you got a situation you're praying about and the enemy is set down right beside you in a prayer closet he sits beside you in the church service he sits and whispers in your ear and says well you know Ash you know that oh uh, your brother that, I mean it's a bad situation there ain't no help for it there ain't no this is just how it's going to be can I say tonight I'm sick and tired especially of hearing God's people who will say this is just how it is and this is just how it's going to be it's a condition I still believe in a place called Mount Calvary I still believe there's power in the blood I still believe Christ is transforming lives today oh there it said there is set that man blind from birth but Jesus 
passed by his way. We know that Bartimaeus cried out. We know the woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd. The Bible doesn't tell us that he said anything. That he said anything. And it probably just Brother Eli. We don't necessarily have the clarity of how it came about. But I can assure you of this, that Jesus knew firsthand about that man's condition. And Jesus stopped by. And I even believe, well, the scripture indicates this because of what he had done. That he stopped by, and not only did he stop by, but I believe that he stooped down. And he stooped down to begin to have maybe some conversation with this man. Began to talk with him. Began to minister to him. Can I say tonight is that there are those and there are situations we're praying and believing for. And there are some of you that maybe there's some, there's some loved ones and there's some things and there's some conditions that are going on. And you wonder, you wonder if in your prayers, God, are you able to reach them where they are? God, are you able to speak to them where they are? Oftentimes you heard your pastor if I've prayed with you about somebody that you're praying for their salvation you're praying for God to get their attention I often pray this I say brother Eddie I say God you know how to speak directly to that heart you know how to speak the language of that soul you know how to do it I know you're frustrated I know you've cried tears I know you've been fasting. I know you've been praying and I also know you've tried to have your hand to it to figure it out but can I say tonight I think it'd be good by all means keep on praying by all means keep on believing but we need to continue to believe brother Chris in the God who knows when and he knows how to pass by and show up when the people we love the most need to be reached, need to be won, when our situation needs to be handled, our condition, I can imagine just because she's a mama, and I get the picture, she's a tough mama, Sister Mary. Is she a tough mama, Brother Eddie? Can't she be? She, she said, be careful. Be careful. You're in hitting distance. I'll tell you that right now. And if she don't hit you, you're in pension distance. You know, that's how mamas often correct kids in church. It's not, not always a hit, but, buddy, I mean, they'll pull a plug right out of you. They'll be singing Amazing Grace and draw blood on That ever happened to you? <laughs> he said, uh-huh. Yeah. And you jumping up and hollering, everybody thinking it's a Holy Ghost. Everybody... everybody getting all excited. No, you just had the fire pinched out of you. I believe there were some times, Brother Eddie, I'm just assuming because she's mama, that there were times when you had condition and she didn't know what to do. Wanted to throw her hands up and quit. Wanted to sometimes probably wring your neck. Wanted sometimes. I wonder, I wonder, Sister Mary, and you ain't got to tell me. I wonder how many people said, well, it's just the condition. It is what it is. That's how it's got to be. And then when you thought it was bad, it would go to worse. When you thought you'd seen the worst of it, it would get a little bit worse. And so there had to come a point. There had to come a point. And I'm not telling you that Sister Mary handled it all perfect. I don't 
don't know all the ins and outs and details, but I can say that with confidence because she's a human being. I'm sure there were times she wanted to help God, wanted to get her hand, wanted to get her hands right in the middle of it. But somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, amidst all the opinions about you, Eddie, about those who would write you off, about those that would say, well, maybe he's that way because it's mama's fault. Maybe he's that way because he was born with the gene of addiction. Maybe it's he's that way because of this or that. You hear what I'm saying? There's all kind of knuckleheads in this world that'll tell you some kind of falsehood like that. But at the end of the day, even when it was in the prison house, even when it was in the drug house, I'm glad Jesus passed by the way. Oh, hear me tonight. We serve a God who still passes by our way. Oh, buckle up. I didn't get to preach this morning. We're just going to preach. Amen. Remember that thing I said about taking a moment? No, we're going to go a little bit longer. Listen to this. Verse number three. Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents. I love this. He said, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Should be made manifest in him. Now listen. Tonight I'm not saying that there's not sin problems. I'm not saying that there's not things where people's lives are out of the will of God or misaligned with God's will or word. I know there are some that are full on. They're, they're bent on rebellion. They're bent on doing their own thing. But I want you to notice something. Here that Christ had said, you're looking for somebody to blame for the condition. The condition is there. He said, but this condition, here it is. And this is what I love when you're dealing with the Lord where everybody else sees a condition and says he'll always be blind and beg. All that can help for them is they need a new program. They need the prison. They need this. They need this help. They need this pill. They need this thing. But Jesus had said this is here so that the glory of God might be made manifest in him. In other words, Sister Laura, when everybody else looks at the condition and everybody else thinks that there's no hope and no help God begins to roll his sleeves up and he says here's what I see and here's what I know is that what it looks like now when I get through when if you'll just give me a little bit of space to work if you'll just give me an opportunity to do what I do best I want to tell someone tonight what seems lost and hopeless and broken to you God sees potential. God, where you see death, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. You just let me get to where they are and I'll do a work that only I can do. He said, this is for the glory of God. There are some things that God will do, Benjamin, and he will do it in such a way so that nobody, Brother Danny, can argue that it wasn't God who did it. Come on here. Jesus, here he is. I believe, Brother Heath, he waited. He waited for the neighbors to come gather around. 
Everybody was there. And Jesus down there talking to this blind man. And he begins to spit in the dirt. He begins to spit and he takes his finger. Amen. This is how we know, Brother Steve, it's all right for little boys and girls to play in the dirt. Amen. He's down there playing in that dirt. He's making up some clay with his spit. And everybody's watching. Everybody's tuned in. Everybody's seeing what's going on. And the Bible says, Brother Udy, he takes that clay and he anoints his eyes with that clay, with that spittle. And he says, I want you to go down. I want you to go. And so you got to remember now, he's blind, Brother Marvin. And now he's got clay on his eyes. And so somebody helped him get down to that pool. Somebody helped him go down there. Said, I want you to go down there and I want you to wash. Oh, but hang on a second. Hang on a second. You mean he didn't get born again in Victory Temple? Hang on a second, preacher. You mean you mean he didn't sit in a service and they preach for 30 minutes and sing 15 songs and have an altar call and that's how the miracle came? What do you mean? It wasn't in a revival with, with the latest, greatest evangelist. It wasn't in a camp meeting where he didn't get saved. It wasn't in this place or that place where he didn't have a miracle. Here's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. God will do some things that'll bring all the rules that you set God will do some things that will go against the grain of what we've ever dreamed I want to tell somebody you ought to throw away the ideology that God's going to reach and save and change and challenge the situation based upon how you think it's going to be or how I think it's going to be and it's time to say God you don't need my permission I want you to work as only you desire to do. Can you hear him? What is he doing? You see, it wasn't just the fact that he was doing something unorthodox. It wasn't just what he was doing, but it was also when he was doing it. The religious to-do showed up. Hallelujah. We've been members around here for 75 years. We know every song in the hymnal. If you read your text, we already know what you're going to preach. We can quote every verse in the Bible. I haven't been in the altar in 65 years, but yet I'm here. 75 years I've been in this church. Come on. And they said, not only what is he doing, but today's the Sabbath. Why is he doing it on the Sabbath day? He's not keeping the rules. He's not doing. Come on, somebody here needs to hear me tonight. He's not keeping the rules. He's not. That's not how God would do it. How do you know? How do you know? Brother Wesley, he ain't, hey, if you was a drunkard and a carouser and everything else, you ought to be, you ought to be changed this way and that way. I mean, it, I, I don't know. I've got, I've got a lot of questions about your experience. 
I've got a lot of questions about. And can I say that as we, as we look at this, not only as God said, as Christ had said, this what's going to be done is for the glory of God. He said here, but, but we find that when we look at this, He worked in such a way that, and He performed the miracle in such a fashion and in such a time as to where there would be no denying the fact that there was something else, that there was some other help but this was the hand of the Lord I want to say that when he changes you when Christ touches you when he delivers you when he works on your behalf he will do it in a way that no other man can take credit for I want to tell I don't care how long grandpa and grandma was in the church I don't care that daddy was a preacher I don't care that so and so did this or your brother or sister to so and so I'm going to tell you at the end of the day for every one of us it still takes the blood of Jesus it still takes the work of God it still takes a supernatural wonder that only comes from the throne room of God amen where he takes a black heart washes it in red blood and makes it as white as the snow I want to tell you and when God does it he does it right every single time with no mistakes no problems he always gets it right sister Sammy he always gets it right and so as a result of this once you understand it was unorthodox it was controversial there was a lot of questions but it only begins I want to tell somebody Tonight that when God does a work in you, when God does a work in the people that you love and things you've been praying for, when He comes by and visits and touches you, changes you, delivers you, sets you free, fills you with His Spirit, I want to tell you right now, you will be challenged. You will be challenged. Listen, verse 10 10 through 15, let me read this. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes open? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received my sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. They bring in the Pharisees. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. And then again, the Pharisees also asked him, how had he received his sight? He said unto them, he put clay upon mine eyes. And I wash. And now I see. Come on here. Can I tell somebody tonight that not everybody is going to be happy about your miracle? Come on here. You missed a good place to shout. Ain't everybody going to be happy about what God's doing in your family? Ain't everybody going to be happy when God sets you free? Ain't everybody going to be happy? Can I tell you why everybody ain't going to be happy? Because I promise you hell is not happy. 
Come on here. Hell is not happy. They will not always be happy about your miracle, your deliverance, or your liberty. Listen, there are some people who will always see you a certain way. Come on here. There are some that will always see you a certain way. Others, they want you to stay blind and begging. Because that's where they are. And that's where they're comfortable. Sister Gloria, when you were addicted, when you were on painkillers, I'm not telling you anything Sister Gloria hasn't testified about in this church. God has delivered this young lady. Come on here. God has delivered this young lady. Somebody was talking about you to me the other day. It was all good things. And they said, Brother Jake said, did you know Gloria before? I said, no, I've really just, when she came into the church. And they said, this is what their words were. They said, she was intense. (laughs) They said, they said, listen, they said, she was always angry. Is that true? They said she didn't really want much to do. Said never got a hug from Gloria. And they said, but now. Can I tell somebody? When Jesus passes by. When Jesus passes by. But not everybody's happy. Not everybody's excited. Gloria, you probably had some friends that still wanted you to get high with them. You probably had some folks that still wanted you to hate everybody and hate the world. The one that was talking to me said, not only is there joy that she has, they said, but Gloria gives the best hugs on planet earth. I said, I know she does. I said, she gives me one every service. She'll put her arm around me and squeeze me and say, I love you, Pastor. Amen. Sister Glory, the other day, I'm going to tell on you a little bit. Sister Glory, the other day, texted me. She said, first of all, I ain't done anything crazy. I said, well, praise God. She said, I ain't done nothing crazy. She said, but I'm just being real, Pastor. I'm having a hard day. She said, would you pray for me? I said, I sure will. I said, the fact that you know it's a hard day, the fact that you realize the enemy's trying to work, I said, that's paramount because the devil can't fight when you know that he's coming. The devil has a hard time. He can't ambush you when he knows that you're coming, when you can see And I shared some scripture. I began right there to pray for. But Sister Glory, I thought of you when I thought of this man. Because even though we know she's a walking, talking miracle, but there are some that are not happy. There's not everybody that celebrates. There's not everybody that rejoices. There are some, Brother Eddie, they want to keep you. Uh, 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 Stay right there. There are some 
that want to keep you, some that want to keep you, amen, with a pill in your mouth and a needle in your arm. There are some that say, oh, that ain't real. There are some that would say, you should have stayed in that jailhouse. There are some that would say, Brother Wesley Coleman, there are some that would say, you should still be drunker than Cooter Brown sitting on a bar stool. There are some that should say, you shouldn't be preaching to the homeless. There are some. Hallelujah. There are some. They will not celebrate. They will not shout with you. But there's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven who passes by your way. And he believes in you. And he believes in what he's done. Oh, you hear me tonight. You hear me tonight. You hear me, church. There are some. Chad Turnage, you hear me, son. You can come down here and you can pray and get an experience with God. But mark my words, you're going to be challenged. Mark my words. You can shout in here on Sunday. But I'm telling you, as soon as you leave the house, as soon as you leave victory, there's a devil that'll ride with you in the car. There's a devil and all of his demons, Brother Danny, that'll say that wasn't real. That didn't happen. That didn't take place. But this man who was challenged, he testified of the change. They said what happened. He said, all I know, there was a man called Jesus and he washed my eyes he healed me he said this is what I know I was blind somebody ought to give him praise right here in this house I can't tell you how sister Gloria we don't know there are some She's thinking, oh, Brother Jake, please leave me alone. There are some, listen to me, Gloria. There are some they've spent years getting treatment. There are some that have believed without that treatment, without that help, there's no deliverance. There are some that would look at you and say, how in the world? How did this happen? Where did this happen? When did this happen? Who who did this miracle for you? And that man, Brother Pickens, we can see he was ignorant to the fact he apparently didn't even know who Jesus was. All he knew is he was a recipient of a miracle and he said this is all I know is this man Jesus they said well where's he at where did this happen when did this happen I want to tell you the devil if he cannot take an experience from you he will attack it he will look to exterminate it he will sow seeds of doubt despair and discouragement but I'm looking for a church with some people who can testify and say I am he I'm the one I'm the one who received a miracle I'm the one who received thank you sis I'm the one who received a touch from God hear me tonight hear me tonight 
now, Gwen Anderson? How did you overcome breast cancer? Back in January. Come on here. Back in January. Stage four. For many, it's a death sentence. She had already been through it once. She had already been through it. They said, here's what we're going to have to do. Here, you're going to have to go through another mastectomy. All this is going to have to be done. All going to have to be done. But just this week, she testified this morning. If you weren't here, you need to go to live stream and listen to it. But Brother Danny, she got a call. And that girl said after them biopsies, Sister, G- Sister Gwen said, Brother Jake, I had, it looked like I'd been shot in my body. She said, I had all them holes from that biopsy. And she said, she said that lady called. She said, I was expecting they was going to set up my surgery. They was going to set up this mastectomy. And she said that little girl on the other line said, ma'am, she said, we ain't found one thing. We ain't found one trace. We don't know what to tell you. Sister G- Gwen said, I just began to say hallelujah praise the Lord what does that mean brother Chris I all I can tell you she didn't say I am he but she can say I am her I am she I'm the one who can testify and say one more time God did it again we need a church with an experience who can say I am he because that world that enemy especially is looking to rob you your experience Benjamin Torbert no secret the miracle that's been going on in this young man's body God listen to me when was that diagnosis February February he get a, gets a call back from the doctor, having blurry vision and headaches. Doctor calls him back immediately. Says a radiologist has a report. You have to come see the doctor immediately. They went back that afternoon. Within, within just a handful of hours, Brother Keith, this family's looking across the desk at those and saying we're going to have you set up a meeting with an oncologist you're going to have to go to Houston you have uh, you have brain cancer he gets there and they do all the tests and they run him through the machines and they look him all over and say you've got one of the most aggressive kinds of cancer and they said well what will the treatment do and they said in that brother Benjamin you can correct me if I'm wrong but they said sister Torbert had asked him said what will the treatment do it Will it, will it help it? Will it clear it up? And the doctor looked at his mother and said, all this is doing is giving him a little bit of time. And they said, what's the life expectancy? They said, well, it can be anywhere from six to nine months, somewhere in there. Said, best case scenario, he might get a year. He might get two. Here you go, fast forward to last month. He's sitting at the doctor. The doctor comes in and says, I've got some 
some good news to tell you. He said this is a best case scenario. He said that tumor in your brain is shrinking. Those roots are dying up. He said all the places where it was dominant. I'm here to tell you I have another. I want you, I'm saying this so you know. Right here in Victory Temple, we got some I am he's. We got some folks that have experienced the power of God. Somebody who knows about his presence. I'm going to tell you something. That makes hell nervous. Hell hates you, Benjamin. Hell hates you. Devil will try to kill you. Friday. I'm sorry, let me say this. Let me back up. Wednesday. and Get me my day straight. Wednesday, Benjamin came to my office. I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing all right. He said, I'm worried about Friday. I said, yeah. He said, I'm worried about them doubling up on that chemo. He said, I don't know, Brother Jake. I don't know if I should even take it. I don't, I don't know what I should do. And I said, well, here's what I do know. I do know that we're going to be praying. We're going to pray the Lord's will. To pray the Lord to give you direction. Let me tell you something. There ain't many folks with the type of diagnosis Benjamin has had. The doctors going through radiology, going through the first round of chemo. Brother Torbert told me, said, I'd sit in that car. And he said, I'd watch people go in that building and get their treatment when they'd come out. He said, I mean, they just, it was all they could to get back to their car. And he said, here come Benjamin. Come on. And he said, the question Benjamin normally asks to get in the car, where are we going to eat at, Dad? Where are we going to eat at? He'd get done with treatments. He'd call Nana or he'd call Noah. He'd say, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Come on, somebody. Oh, but Benjamin, don't you know you're supposed to be laid up in the bed? Don't you know you're supposed to be depressed and discouraged? Don't you know everybody else with this diagnosis has a death sentence? But thanks be to God, I am He. I am He. I am he who has been touched by the power of God. It may not mean everything to everybody else. But brother Danny, when you are a I am he. Oh, but brother Chris, it's a fluke. It's a joke. It's a this. Some are waiting, brother Eddie, for you to fall off the bandwagon. Some are waiting, Sister Gloria. Just give her a little bit more time. She'll pop pills again. Give him a little bit more time. He'll show up for that appointment, and it's going to be a death sentence again. Like I said, not everybody celebrates. Not everybody rejoices with you. Some want to keep you in a place. For some people, your suffering is their sideshow. For the enemy... Your suffering is his delight. If he can get you to doubt God. You see, the enemy cannot reach in and take from you, Benjamin, the experience God has given. He don't have that power. You, I, ho- I hope you understand that, and I've got Bible for it. The Word of God says, and I'm paraphrasing here, but those that are in the hands of the Lord. What did it say? No man... 
And I like to add, ain't no devil either that can pluck you out of the hand of the Father. Come on here. And so when his hand, come on somebody, when his hand is touched, when he's given experience, the only ammunition the devil has is he'll walk around you, Ben, and he'll say, oh, I know, I know they is all clapping, shouting, and amening, but you know, you know you got to put that poison in your body. You know, you know this is five days, and then in the next 23 days, you just wait. I'm going to, there's going to be something come up. You know what you're feeling is just emotion. This ain't real. This ain't truth. This ain't, because hear me he wants to sow seeds of doubt and discouragement there are some of you in this house uh, you've had a a moment and an encounter with God uh, but as soon as he could the devil showed up and some of you willingly gave over an experience Uh, I'm telling you the neighbors uh, the friends uh, the Pharisees they even brought the parents in uh, and said are you sure this is your son are you sure this is what happened They said he's of age. In other words, they were saying not only is he old enough to answer, but he's the one with the experience. So let him answer for himself. Come on here. Thank you, Ben. Hell don't know what to do with an I am he. Hell don't know what to do. Now, I want to share with you, I thought this was profound. I know I'm just a hillbilly from Missouri. Some of you are a whole lot more educated than I am. Some of you are Bible scholars. But with his change, with his change, they said, we know. In verses 18 through 21, but I'm jumping here in the middle. His parents answered him and said, we know that this is our son. And that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we don't know. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He's of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. John 9 and 25. He answered and said. Speaking about Jesus because they was trying to diminish the person of Christ calling him a sinner. He's a sinner because he would heal somebody on the Sabbath day. He's breaking the rules. He's not doing it the right way. He's a sinner. And a sinner can't do miracles like this. This young man, he said, he said this. He said, he answered, whether he be a sinner or no, I don't know. One thing I know is that where is I was blind, but now I see. Now I see. You see, and here's the thing. When you hold on to an encounter with God... When you hold on to that experience, when you'll fight hell because it'll be controversial, the world will paint you and put you in a corner, your loved one's in a corner with a condition, but Jesus stops by, He does a work, He produces the change, then there comes a challenge from hell itself. But when you hold on, and you can declare and say, I am He, I have this experience. You've heard me say before, A man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an argument. A lot of people are going to try to argue argue out of an experience with God. But if you've got an experience, Sister Laura, ain't no devil in hell. Come on here. Can I I interject this? I might as well. I'm, I'm way past time and I'm out here neck deep already. 
Can I tell somebody every time that you get a breakthrough and a touch from God, there is no need for you to turn around and be back in the same mess, backsliding again, falling out again, having a problem again, doing this again, doing that again. Christ brings not only the deliverance, but He brings the victory. He brings the victory. Listen to what happens. Brother Danny, Carolyn, if you'll come. John 9, 35 and 38, still in the same chapter. We're coming to the close of the chapter here, and it says this. Because here's what happened. Here's what happened. The Pharisees kicked him out. Kicked him out. You ain't going to go to church here with us anymore. You've been down there with that sinner man. All this happened. You get out of here. The Bible says this. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. When he had found him, he said unto them, unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Now, I don't know if you caught that. Brother Hemphill did. In one place... This blind man says, I am he who received. And Brother Rich, by the end of the story, he finds Christ, Christ finds him again, and this time Christ says, do you believe on the Son of God? He said, I don't know who it is. Lord, tell me, Brother Christie said, Lord, tell me, who is it? And essentially, if I can paraphrase, Jesus said, I am he. Who you're seeing right now and who you're talking to. I am He. I am He. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, may God help us. That we have some I am He's. Jesus said, Thou hast both seen, and it is He that talketh with thee. And He said, Lord, I believe and he worshipped him he worshipped him I'm going to ask you to stand with me all over this house tonight I believe with all of my heart there's someone of the sound of my voice some of you are wrestling with condition. It's you personally. You've believed the lie that that's how you've got to be. You've believed the lie this is how it's always going to be. I just have to accept it, Brother Jake. You've bought into the lie of the condition. But when Jesus stopped by, there are some that maybe it's not you personally, but there's somebody that you love. There's a condition they're dealing with. Could be rebellion, could be addiction, 
could be emotional or mental instability. It could be a lot of things. And you know they need the Lord. And all of hell has told you over every prayer you've prayed, over everything you've believed God to do. It's their condition. There's not going to be a change. This is how it is. Some tonight around these very altars, you have felt God's power. Not only have you felt it, but it has changed you. Delivered you and set you free. But it feels like every day, Sister Kimberly, you're being challenged on every hand. The devil is looking to talk you out of your experience. He knows he can't take it from you, but he'll try to talk you out of it. To make you leave it and walk away from it. You've been challenged. But I believe that in the conditions, in the challenges, in the confrontations, that there are those who will say tonight, I pray by way of the Holy Ghost, who can say, here's what I know. I don't have an answer for it all. But all I do know is that I have been changed. I know that God has done a work. I know that He has done something. There are some of you that right now the miracle is at work even for your family. Amen. Sister Sandy, the last three weeks, she can't hardly contain herself. Down there, bugging me in my office. Knocking on my door. Pastor, I got to tell you this. Pastor, she knows I'm teased when I say that. I got to tell you this. I got to tell you that. And Sister Bambi, you know what she said? She said on several occasions, she said, here's what I do know. She said, there's some things are not perfect. There's some things still coming together. But every time she said, but God is working. God is working working God is working you know what she's going to be saying you know what she can say now but what she's going to be shouting I am he I am he when the devil said there wasn't no way when the devil said they were lost when the devil said they were bound I am he sister Walker I believe sister Laura she's going to be back and she'll testify to say I am he you got babies you got loved ones I pray tonight by faith some of you will need to stand in this altar and say even though they're not here to say it themselves I make a declaration we're going to claim I am he I'm the one we're the family they're the children these are the situations that God turned around can we lift our hands all over this house come on can we lift our hands all over this house singers begin to sing it softly come on church come on church right now I want you to begin to worship right now I want you to begin to worship you see because when you can make the declaration that I am he you're going to find a savior 
that says, I am He. I'm the one that worked. I'm the one that moved. I'm the one that healed. I'm the one that set Him free. I'm going to ask you tonight if there are some I am He's in this house, I want you to come up to this front. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. Come on. Come on, don't you wait. Come on, don't you wait. Oh, His love is strong. Oh, His power is real. Somebody needs to declare tonight, I am He. I am He. I'm the one. I've met Him. And He's met me.